Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 682. Every problem has a solution. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Julian White. Hey, Julian, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Uh, I'm so buckled up, I'm actually sitting inside of my Porsche to uh, talk to you right now. <laughs> I figured it'd be a great place for, for good sound uh, and also kind of get me in the mood for uh, for car talking. Uh, absolutely. I wish I was sitting in that 911 with you and we could take it for a drive. That's the way to do it since you're down there in a nice sunny Southern California, although I know you've had a little bit of rain, but um, I think that's about to change because we're about to get some snow up here in the Northwest. So we'll have some fun today either way. Well, Julian White has been an automotive enthusiast since he was a little boy, carrying around his briefcase of Hot Wheels and then graduating to building model cars. Sounds like my youth. After a career in the movie industry, he founded the marketing company Web Video Vision in 1998. Julian's profession as a video producer and director and passion as a car enthusiast has been combined into a very lucrative career that allows him to travel the world working on automotive projects. He currently is the producer-director of a web series titled Talking About Cars with Randy Curdoon, and you can follow these on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. So Julian, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career, your business, and of course, your passion for automobiles. Sure. Thanks for having me on the show, first of all, Mark. You're and, welcome. And uh, I was really excited when you invited me to come on. You've had so many fantastic guests, and I'm in such great company, so I really sincerely appreciate it. Uh, I'm glad to have you here. My background, as you said, started as a little boy as a car enthusiast. But uh, you know, I remember carrying around two briefcases everywhere I went with my parents that had Hot Wheels inside of them. And <laughs> then, as you said, I, I liked model cars, and then I started getting into the real thing. And my first car in high school was a Trans Am. Mm. And, and back in the 80s, I mean, that was a really big deal to have. Yeah, uh, it was cool, baby. <laughs> it was very cool, very cool. But then as I, I, I moved on in my career, I got into multimedia and worked for the motion picture industries and television shows. And then I uh, kind of saw my dream of opening my own business getting further and further away from me as I got more and more ingrained in the motion picture industry um, and, and doing so well in that industry and succeeding and getting promoted, et cetera. And I'm like, wow, am I ever going to be able to have my own business? Well, I, I just took a leap of faith and started Video Vision in 1998. But two short years later in 2000, this thing called the internet was was exploding. And I yeah. thought, this is a perfect venue for videos one day. So I enhanced the name and called us Web Video Vision, started doing websites, graphic design, and it just took off from there. But yeah, with any business, a lot of struggles. I mean, the recession of 08 almost took us down. But then after we recovered from that recession and we were still alive and dusted ourselves off, I thought, gosh, I, I've, I've still had a, a good business run but I'm not really working on projects that I'm enthused about. Mm -hmm. Every client, I, I give my all, my 110%. But I really, really loved cars. How great it would be to do projects that were car or automobile related. 
Yeah. So I um, decided to start focusing on that and, and really go after clients and projects that were auto-related using the, the medium of audio and video to tell those stories. And the first one that I did actually sent me to Europe with Porsches to travel five countries uh, through the Autobahn and the mountain passes of Switzerland and Austria and through Italy and filmed a travel movie called Autobahn Adventures. Wow. And, uh, and, and that, uh, that kicked it off. And we've been going strong ever since. Ah, uh, dream come true project. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely fantastic. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So, Julian, take the wheel. Every problem has a solution. Mm. And my primary role in my work is as a producer. Yes, I direct and and even do customer service and wear all the different hats. But as a producer, I feel that role is really to bring all the parties together and solve any problems that occur and then let the creative forces flow through with everybody else that's, uh, that's part of the team. So every time there, something goes askew, you know, I, I don't like to use the word goes wrong. <laughs> when something goes askew, you just manage the chaos and find that every problem does have a solution. Ah, it's a great way to go through uh, life and business and career and projects. And definitely the kind of projects that you do have plenty of opportunities for cars to drop a couple wheels off the road and uh, maybe go down a bad path or something. So great quote for that kind of business. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? I chuckled when you talk about carrying your Matchbox briefcase because I have an old Mattel briefcase that has a, it's for holding matchbox cars and i laughed when you said that because i've got it sitting back on my shelf with all my old matchbox cars in it but is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you were a car guy a few <laughs> <laughs> good you know when we spoke before and i've listened to your podcast and heard other people's stories i think well gosh which story could i tell um <laughs> and the funny thing is the older us car guys get the more stories we start to accumulate but, you know, there was the Hot Wheels one with the briefcases. Um, I remember, again, building model cars and even customizing. And I remember cutting the top off of one of the cars to make it a convertible and then entering it in a contest. And I think I got second prize at the local model shop for that. And cool. I realized I, I was a car guy. And, and you know, my dad bought it, buying a Trans Am and then eventually becoming mine in high school. I used to customize the taillights on this Trans Am. And mm. everything about it was just like living and breathing cars. Yeah. Um, until I got into high school and then into college and realized, well, that's not a job. That's just your passion. Yeah. And then as I stated earlier, coming full circle, it took me, you know, a few knocks in the head and I don't know, 25, 30 years to realize that my job should be with cars. But in between that, to answer your question, I, I suppose an aha moment when it really came together was when I had the opportunity to combine my third passion, which is travel. Mm. And I mentioned the Autobahn story, but that was later in life. This is back in 1993. And I had the opportunity with literally a 10 days notice to go on a rally from England to Russia, up through Sweden, Finland, and back to England in classic cars. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the rally was all cars that were 1976 and older, mm -hmm. and it was to raise money and bring food, medicine, toys to a children's 
hospital that was in Belarus, Russia. The uh, rally was called the Run to Red Square. Mm. So it was going to culminate in Moscow after that and then move on to Sweden and Finland and, like I said, back to England. It's hard to tell you um, this whole story in, in such a short period of time because it was a three-week trip. And while right before we left on the trip, the Russian government had just turned into a uh, democracy. Mm, But there were still lingering elements of the communist Soviet world around, and there was a protest that occurred in Moscow two weeks before we were supposed to arrive in Moscow. And it was all over the news. As I'm packing my bags, breaking news, Boris Yeltsin, the president of Russia, had surrounded his Congress building, which is what they actually call the White House. Mm -hmm. And because a senator was trying to rile up people to say, let's go back to communism. Okay. So I'm about ready to drive into the <laughs> eye of this storm Yeah. two weeks later. Well, we had about a hundred cars. It dwindled down to five. When we showed up at the port three days later, after I did fly to England, five cars, 10 people decided to do it. Everyone else backed out? Everybody else backed out. They oh, were just too afraid of the, oh. the, I mean, there was tanks surrounding. Yeah, that's not, yeah, not very comforting place to take your classic car. <laughs> And I'm in my I'm in my mid twenties. I'm traveling with friends that I knew in England in a '76 Cadillac Eldorado convertible, and uh, we decided, look, if it gets too dangerous, we'll just not go through Moscow, but let's at least get to the hospital and and drop off the things for these children, which was a very rewarding experience in itself. Yeah. Anyhow, we did make it to Moscow. We got there on a Friday. The Cadillac we were in broke down. I was on a Friday afternoon. The people, my friends who own the Cadillac, they were very optimistic people. They said, no problem. The rest of you go to the hotel, check in, come back and retrieve us. While, when we came back, a policeman's around this Cadillac. And what had happened is somebody had set them up by deflating their right rear tire so that they were occupied changing it mm. while they went into the pe- driver's side of the car and stole Sue, Sue was the woman on the trip, s- stole her purse. Oh, goodness. On her, in her purse had passports, visas, yeah. travel checks. Yeah. Those even exist today. I don't even know travel checks even exist. Credit cards and money. So Friday afternoon, we got a broken down car and two of the people on our trip who have no ID. And a revolution's about to start, potentially. Oh, my gosh. On Saturday, we toured Russia. On Sunday... Oh, actually, on Saturday, we took the Cadillac to the only Cadillac dealership in Russia. If you can imagine, there actually was one there. And the service manager was a five foot four Texan in a big Texas cowboy hat and a belt buckle. And he walked out and said, what, what did you guys get yourselves into? What are you doing with this classic Cadillac here in Moscow, broken down? That's crazy. <laughs> and he, what he, was a, what he was a remnant from the um, American embassy who had found a Russian woman that he fell in love with, left the embassy, who he was the transportation coordinator there, and, and went to work for the Cadillac dealer and lived in Moscow. Hmm. Wow. Anyhow, he couldn't fix the car. So on Sunday, the rest of the party moved on with the, uh, with the journey. And we decided to stay a few extra days, try and find a way to repair it or leave it, and then fly home and then come back and get it later. Well, the revolution broke out Sunday night. And we woke up Monday morning to the sound of gunfire outside the hotel room mm. and a lockdown, and they had no passport. Yeah. So we got ourselves to the British embassy, held up for like four hours. The government 
took the side of democracy. The, yeah. the, uh, the military took the side of democracy, squashed the revolution. And long story, well, longer now, we ended up having to leave the Cadillac and fly home from Moscow back to England on Thursday. So we were there for five, six days. Wow. And then four months later, um, what the, the equivalent of the, our AAA here in America went uh, with a flatbed truck from France to Moscow picked up the Cadillac from the hotel's parking lot and brought it back to England. Oh my gosh, what a story. <laughs> yeah, that's a car that, it wasn't mine, but if I ever could track that car down, I would love to have that in my collection just <laughs> because of the, the memories that I had with that car from that three-week journey. So long wow. story about how I know I was a car guy. <laughs> yes. That trip knew I was a car guy that loved to travel. And by the way, I carried my little handheld VHS camcorder and documented the whole thing and turned it into like a amateurish three-hour documentary back in my early days of producing, directing, I guess. It wasn't professional, but the, the, whole, the whole journey was edited, edited together. What a story. Holy cow. Well, that's got to be the most extensive, elaborate, how did you know you were a car guy answer. To that Do we question. have any time left to finish your podcast? Yeah, we're done. Thank you for being here. See you, Jillian. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. Well, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the other roads you've driven down, if there have been other roads, it sounds like, and uh, ask you to share a big challenge or even a big failure that you face along the way. We all face these things, but take us there, tell us what happened, but then tell us uh, how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career and your business. Wow. Um, in the early days when I worked for the motion picture industry at a, at a post-production house, I loved what I did, and I, I moved up the ranks very quickly. But I was young and, and was told by my boss that my management style needed some tweaking. He wasn't necessarily um, chastising me, but he was just trying to teach me and, and, and get the young buck out of my 20-something that I rubbed some people the wrong way. Mm. And that really took a big hit to my self-confidence Yeah, yeah. Um, because that wasn't my intention, but I knew I had to solve that problem. Yeah. So I had to do a lot of uh, looking inside of myself and self-reflection and, and if I wanted to move on with my own career, let alone get along with managing my crew. Right. So I, so I did. So that was a big challenge for me in life when it came to the business world. Opened up my own business. And as I mentioned in 08, the, the, the recession hit and that that was very, very tough. I didn't think the business was going to survive. But as somebody once told me that I admired, he said, you know, if you can come out still standing and when the dust settles, you're there, that's not a failure. That's a success, even though you may have dropped down the rung of the ladder a couple notches from before the recession, but you're still on the ladder. Exactly. Well, you know, going back to your challenge with a boss telling you, hey, you need to kind of tweak your style a little bit, your management style, what's a good takeaway from that experience that you might help other people who encounter that? Because for somebody who's trying very hard and they think they're doing a really good job and someone says, eh, not so much, uh, you need to kind of alter the way you behave, uh, what's a good takeaway for people so that they could come out with a positive outcome like you did? Well, let, me, let me lay down on the couch here, psychologist Mark. <laughs> um, uh, the takeaway would be to realize it's not about you. It's about the team. Ah, okay. Excellent. I like that. And to really take um, responsibility mm -hmm. for your own actions. It, it, it always takes two, but the only way to solve anything is to, to look at yourself first because you can't change other people, but you can change yourself. Yes. So, um, ah, so awesome. to, to realize it wasn't about it wasn't about it wasn't all about me. 
Awesome. Well, great. I really appreciate you sharing that. I think that'll help some listeners out there that might be facing a similar situation. Let's shift gears here, Julian, and go to what I call the other end of the spectrum. You talked about that aha moment in your career, but is there another aha moment you would share with us that maybe those headlights came on and kind of illuminated a new direction for you or a new path in your career? And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Yeah, there were two of them. I already briefly discussed it, which is when I started my business two years later, the aha moment was video is going to be all over the internet. Mm. You know, I wish I would have invented YouTube, but instead I just <laughs> Wouldn't changed that be my nice? company's, <laughs> yeah. instead I just enhanced my company's name from video vision to web video vision and started focusing on multimedia projects rather than just video projects. Mm. When I say multimedia, I mean embedding video into websites in 2000 was a really big deal. Yes. And we were creating um, author DVDs so you could interact with a DVD because, you know, and you turn on your DVD and you got a menu system and you can interact with different areas inside the DVD. That was before really computers could do that. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, as the years went down through 2000, we were doing more interactive websites that had media in them. And then, like I said, in 08 was the, was the second one. And once we got through that, in 2013, after a three or four or five year struggle, I said, aha, if I'm going to keep this business going, I have to love what I'm doing. It was like going through, through hell or heck, if I can say that on this podcast. <laughs> of course, yeah, that's fine. To get through that recession. Yeah. And I came out on the other side and said, I want to do what I want to do. Yeah. And yeah. that was automotive projects. So you asked, well, how did I do that? Well, Autobahn Adventures was an organization I had knew, known about and was doing marketing for them. So we decided to do a, a film of this trip. Um, and then that program, or that, that led into some other Porsche projects, uh, review videos and uh, doing things for California Festival of Speed. Um, and then that led into um, a Barrett-Jackson project for the Trans Am Legacy. And then that led me to Burt Reynolds. And we did some work with the Smoking the Bandit car that sold at auction last year. Cool. We were the entire marketing arm behind that. So one project just kept leading to another. The great thing is, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show, was the mantra here at Cars Jazz, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, people who figured out how to wrap their passion for cars and automobiles, bikes, motorcycles, trucks, into their careers. So you're you're a prime example of some guy, who, a person who figure, figured out how to do that. So bravo to you for figuring that out. It's the secret sauce to life for sure. How about a proudest business or career moment? I would assume you've had many, you've been involved in a lot of really cool projects, and I love the fact that you took goods and care goods to uh Kids in Russia. Wow, uh, what an adventure. But is there one that stands out for you, a proudest career moment? When we moved out of the, the bedroom of the home with the company and got our own office and started to employ staff. Ah, yes. Uh, that was very rewarding, both personally for the office success, but to employ people it was, was very rewarding. Yeah, there is nothing like uh, providing a platform for people to succeed. Um, a business I ran for, gosh, 20 plus years. We had quite a few employees, and I get so happy when I'd hear, hey, we're having a baby, we're buying a house, we're buying mm -hmm. a car. I mean, you just go, wow, you know, I know you're part of the team, but we helped make that possible for you, and it just made you feel so good. So very nice. I like that. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. I would love for you to share with me your first really special car. You talk about that Trans Am way back that was your dad's and then yours, but is there a memory that stands out for you with a car, and, and what was that car? 
just one story? Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, he already bought up a lot of your time with the Russia story. So (laughs) you only get one car, but that's why I say the first. So I always tell people it's not, it doesn't have to be your first car, but that could be your first really special car. But maybe it's uh, like for me, it was when I finally got my first Porsche 911, something I'd strived for for so long. I suppose it would have to be the Acura Legend because I think that was really the first big car that I was able to buy on my own. Mm -hmm. And I just remember it in the Beverly Hills showroom. You could see it from Wilshire Boulevard and, you know, Beverly Hills has its own mystique. And to see that Acura Legend Coupe, which was such a really cool car uh, back in the late 80s, had such wonderful lines and yeah it, it was like wow i'm finally i'm this is like a real car uh-huh. I mean, yeah i had a muscle car trans am and then i had a prelude but this was like a this was like a luxury car that was still had a really sporty edge to it um right so of all the really what people would quote unquote call cool cars like i've had lotus and bmw and porsche that one i guess was a was a, a success moment for me yeah, that, that makes it felt sense. very successful. Yeah, in right. fact, uh, the the second new car we ever bought for my wife was a four door Acura Legend, and that was Ooh. a really really awesome car. And we had that car for ten years, yeah. and it was a great car. Took us on many trips. Our family, very safe feeling car, and mm-hmm. uh, really liked it a lot. So yeah, when you said Acura Legend, I went, oh yeah, I remember the Acura Legend. That was a fantastic and it was a car. Really neat name. I, Acura's biggest mistake was getting rid of. The- the I names know. Of Why the did they do that? Integra. I know. And they went to all letters. I mean, the NSX, yeah. that's, that's a cool name. But yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the legend doesn't exist anymore. And that's a really neat name for a car, uh, legend. I don't know why they did that. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a car you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? Okay. I am going to tell you two stories, but they're short. <laughs> okay. The one that I wanted back, I did get back, and that was the Trans Am. Okay. But it's not exactly the same car. It's, it's a different VIN, oh. but it literally is a carbon copy. It's the 10th anniversary limited edition version of the Trans Am, which they only made 1,800 with 400 four-speeds. Oh, wow. Okay. So I, the car I have back, which I always wanted back, I mean, for probably 15 years, I said, I'm going to get my Trans Am back one day. As it wasn't the same VIN, but it literally is the same car looking wise because it was a, a particular limited edition version that Pontiac put out. And the second story was my seven series BMW. I let go because of a, a lost love in my life, which is, you know, a sob story, <laughs> but I had to let the car go for our relationship. And then the relationship literally broke up two weeks later. And two weeks after that, the car came across my path. I did not seek it out and I bought it back. Oh my gosh. Isn't that wild? Yeah. <laughs> I bought it back. Yeah. I felt like I had lost so much of myself when I gave up that, and then it didn't work out with her and I. And then it, it's almost like the car was a lost puppy, and it found me. And I, I had I had to buy it back. That's a great story. I like that. Let's talk about today and tomorrow. I'd love for you to share what kind of projects are coming up here in the new year. What has you really excited and fired up? And I know as this show airs, you're going to be flying off to England to visit family back there. So you've got a lot going on. So uh, what's happening in the new year for you with your business? Yeah, well, you just mentioned the English trip. I'm going to stop off at the Automobile International Show in Birmingham, which has a humongous collection of race cars, including one of my passions, Formula One cars. Nice. And Claire Williams is going to be speaking. 
from Williams, and they're going to have a lot of Williams cars uh, historically through the years because they won so well in the 80s, the Williams F1 cars. They're all going to be on display there, and some of the drivers are going to be there. Oh, nice. So I'm looking forward to that. But work-wise, when I get back from England, I had uh, I land on Wednesday and head straight to Barrett-Jackson uh, the very next day, and I'm working with Burt Reynolds again as uh, his only the only Trans Am that is still currently registered to Mr. Reynolds is going up on the auction block. Oh, wow. So I'm helping with some marketing and um, working with them on that project. Uh, last year, we worked on the marketing for the last remaining Trans Am that was involved with the movie Smoking the Bandit. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't registered to Mr. Reynolds. Oh, okay. And if you've been following along over the last four or five years, Trans Ams are very, very um, uh, hot right now as far in the market, as far as uh, price. Mm-hmm. They've really gone up in the market. And any car that was affiliated with Mr. Reynolds has been selling for half a million dollars. And that's what the car last year sold for. So this year, this is a car that he currently owns. Didn't previously own. He currently owns this car. Oh, nice. And that's, so I'm going to get off the plane, go straight to Arizona for that. And then um, when I get back, the show that I produce with uh, my co-producer and host, Randy Cardoon, called Talking About Cars with Randy Cardoon, um, we're going to be filming at um, the Classic Car Show in Los Angeles. And many of the Velocity celebrities from Wheeler Dealers to Wayne Carini's show, Chip Foose's show, Dave Kindig, they're all going to be there. And uh, we're still ironing it out, but we're going to be interviewing some of those guys inside of cars and talking about their car stories. Very cool. Well, exciting year ahead for you and your business partner. Very nice. Sounds like a lot of fun. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Julian. If you were a car, what kind of car would Julian be and why? Probably an Aston Martin or a Bentley. Oh. I know how pretentious that sounds, (laughs) but I was born in England. Uh You wouldn't know by the accent any longer. I was raised mostly in America, but um, I was born in England and have a a real tie to my, my roots and... I love the way they look, and I'm not trying to say that means I'm dapper. I don't try, I'm not trying to, to say I look like a Bentley or something. What I'm trying to say is that the Bentleys and the, the, the attention to detail and the quality control and the character, the heritage of those cars speaks very much to, I think, my character. I, I like to do everything at 110%, be very ethical about it. I pay attention to the details. and I just I like to believe I have very good character and and heritage of my family and there's a lot of heritage with British cars. They have their flaws as I do as well. <laughs> <laughs> Electronic systems and Jags, um, a Lotus never it broke down more than it ever worked. Um, <laughs> there are flaws in British cars and there are flaws in my in, in my character as well. But well, the looks of them, the heritage of them, and the attention to detail. Well, you gave some great thoughts to that answer, and I appreciate it. You're a very dapper chap, Julian, so I think you fit the the mold for those cars very, very nicely. So a jolly good show, as they would say in grand old England. Well, Julian, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable, lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology 
and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Julian, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? How to set your mirrors so that you don't have a blind spot. <laughs> nice. Yes. Very important. <laughs> at the BMW driving school. And that was the biggest takeaway I got from that driving school was how to set up a, uh, your left and right side mirrors or wings yes. so that you don't, uh, you don't have a blind spot. And the second one, I think driving on the Autobahn, yeah. move over to the right. That's the rule in Germany is you never pass on the right and you let people pass you if you're in the fast lane. Yeah. And I apply that here and it's much, much safer. So uh, we- Don't we wish everybody applied that here? Uh, and they really should. There's laws in many states. It's traffic flow going and it's safer for everyone on the road. Irritants of mine as well. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Just work really hard. I mean, there's <laughs> clock out time. Just plugging away until the job's done. Uh, well, uh, I'll tell our listeners here, we're recording this on a, a Saturday afternoon, late, early evening. So we're both working on a weekend. Uh, you're yeah. trying to get out of town and I'm taking uh, taking an interview here whenever I can get some of these times. So I appreciate that. Now, how about a resource? There's some great resources out there, but is there one or two that you'd like to share with the Cars Yeah listeners? How about Cars Yeah's podcast? <laughs> well, you can learn stories from so many different enthusiasts from so many different walks of life. There you go. The check's in the mail, Julian. <laughs> yeah, that, but, you, you know, honestly, Mark, you really have put together such a collection of, of uh, voices that cover all aspects of the automotive industry. So, yes, that's a, that is a very, a very good resource. Wow, you're very kind. I appreciate that very much. 
Here's a, a new question this year I've been asking my guests. If you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would it be? Uh, Pontiac designer John Chinelli. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Porsche 918 engineer uh, Dr. Frank Walliser, who I was privileged enough to meet at the LA Auto Show. Mm. I can't imagine this is the man whose mind – as well as others, designed and engineered the Porsche 918. I mean, uh, yeah. he and I spoke for 10 minutes, but yes, I wish I could have sat down and had a drink with him for an hour or yeah. a day. Yeah. We hope to get him on on talking about cars one day. Ah, um, Toto Wolf from Formula One, uh, head of the Mercedes team, yeah. and and really probably the director, Jeff Swart. He's, ah. a, he's an acquaintance of mine, a friend, and he's an icon in the industry that I'm in, you yeah. know, directing and producing automotive and, and if he is listening to this right now, um, <laughs> you know, Jeff, you are, uh, everybody knows how wonderful of a man you are. You're generous with your time and, and just such a sweet guy. But I would love to just pick his brain and just, just learn from him. Yes. Uh, yeah. For, so I can continue to learn myself. Well, that's cool. Well, I'm going to connect you up with Jeff. I'm sure he'd be happy to give you a little of his time. He's such a great guy. He has been a past guest here and just a joy to talk with. So I'm going to see if I can't facilitate that for you so you could sit down and spend some time with him because, yeah, he's fantastic. He does some amazing work too. Now, how about a book? Is there a book out there you think our listeners should crack open and read this year? It's called My First Car by the author Matt Stone. It's an easy read. It's it's nothing, um, you know, on managerial style or a philosophical wisdom or anything like that. It's yep. just, it's a, it's a fun read. Uh, Matt put together stories of people's very first car. And actually, you know, Jeff Zwart is who recommended that book to me. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Give him credit for passing that book on to me. Yeah. Very nice. Um, so it's, it's just an easy read. It's fun. Absolutely. Fun. Yeah. Matt's been a guest here on Cars Yeah as well. Has he's he re- really? Yeah. He's oh, re- I got to listen to that episode. I don't know what number that is. I'll yeah. He's, uh, he's, well, it's easy to find. Go to the Cars yeah website, click Matt in the search bar, and you'll find his show there. And uh, he was my 199th guest. Yeah, he's written a lot of great books. So oh, we'll do that uh, when we're done today. True car guy for sure. Well, listeners, you can find links to all of these great resources that Julian has been so kind to share on his very own show notes page, which each guest here gets at carsyad.com slash Julian White. And there's another great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book by Matt Stone and all the past 680 plus guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. I think there's over a thousand books listed there on the website. It's really a neat place to find out what all these great guests here in Cars yeah would inspire to read. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Julian, and this last question, it's a real doozy. If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage, but money is no object, I'll buy you any car in the world. What would that vehicle be? And more importantly, why? You're buying? I'm buying it. Yeah, buddy. I'm your buddy today. I'll buy right. any car you want. Well, I, it's actually already there. It's the, the Trans Am, 20,000 mile, all original, um, original interior, original exterior. But that's the car for sentimental reasons that I've always wanted to have in my garage because that's the car I had as a child, as what, a kid. What year is it again? But 79, 10th okay. anniversary. Okay. But since you're buying, and that <laughs> one's already in my garage, uh, it has to be the Porsche 918. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, I don't even need to ask you why, but I'm going to ask you why, because that is such an incredible automobile. So Mm -hmm. what is it about the 918 that just pulls on your heartstrings? 
the hybrid technology is so revolutionary and it's it's where we're going in the future, which, you know, God, we could talk about that autonomous <laughs> vehicles and kids yes. not liking to drive anymore and blah, blah, blah. But it is where we're going. It's so it's revolutionary. It's extremely well engineered. It's a Porsche. Yes. And it's just it's just damn good looking. <laughs> it's, oh, it's just good looking. Yeah. What color would you like yours to be? Black. Oh, I actually I have the 118 scale model here in my garage. I'm looking at it outside my <laughs> okay. windscreen right now. And it, it, I just wish the the full scale was sitting here in the garage. But so when when are you going to have that delivered? Well, let's see. Um, since you're taking off for England here, um, I think what I'll do is drive it down the coast for you because I need to uh, break it in a little bit. So if you don't mind, and by the time you return back here to the, the States after Barrett-Jackson, uh, it'll be waiting for you in your garage. So don't worry. <laughs> Man, what a car. Oh, you picked a great one there. Well, Julian, you've taken me on an awesome ride, and I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off down the coast highway in that black Porsche 918? It sounds cliche, but just work very hard at your passion. And if you're working in a field that you're passionate about, it's not going to feel like you're working, quote unquote. You're just going to feel like you're having fun and everything's just going to fall into place. Um, don't, so many, I lecture at a high school media uh, class mm-hmm. uh, and I volunteer my time. And just a couple of months ago, it was a bit disheartening because a couple of the kids in the class that did raise their hands, which I encouraged them to do, all they wanted to know is how much money you made. What yeah. do you drop? Yeah. And it's like, you're missing the point. Don't <laughs> chase money. Because if you chase money, it's like that carrot on a stick. And as soon as you go to grab for it, it, it gets pulled away. Yes. If you're doing what you love doing, money will come, whether it's a fortune or whether it's enough to live a comfortable living or just pay your bills. But there's so much more reward out of doing what you're doing than getting paid to do something you don't want to do. Yes. Yes. Amen. Great words of wisdom. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your company? Uh, well, personally, they can find me at facebook.com forward slash Julian Dave White or an Instagram, Instagram.com Julian D White. And I put up a lot of photos and posts about my projects, but also some things I do personally, which are also auto related. Sure. But professionally, my company is webvideovision.com. And then the show that I'm producing and very, very excited about is talkingaboutcars.com. And of course, talking about cars is online everywhere. So just check Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. We, we say you can listen to it on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can watch it on Facebook and YouTube. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. There you go. Living the dream. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything Julian again has shared here on his show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type a Julian in the search bar and that page will pop up with links. I would encourage you to check out what he's up to because man, he's producing some really cool stuff. I'm so happy that we got to talk today. And Julian, I want to thank you again for being so generous with your time. I know you're getting flying out of town here real soon and you're really, really busy. So I want to thank you for sharing your expertise and your experience with the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again. I'll see you down the road. No problem, Mark. Thank you for your time. I'm going to start up the car here and take off. All right. Take care. Thank you. Driving never meant more as an all-new California adventure awaits as the not-for-profit rally Drive Toward a Cure combines two-spirited drives for a weekend of cars and camaraderie in Paso Robles and all to support Parkinson's disease, a showcase of the ribbon roads of Central California with chrome and elegance. Coming up April 28th, enjoy some of the world's most prized car collections, wine tasting, and luxury receptions while driving toward a cure for Parkinson's disease. 
To register or donate, click drivetowardacure.org. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!